This episode of Four Finger Discount is brought to you by Big Roddy's Rip and Rib Shack, Brisbane's home of delicious barbecue. Roddy's Rib Shack is one of Brisbane's favourite barbecue places. They serve up delicious food, not only ribs, but they do great burgers. They do veggie burgers, so they cater for all sorts. And you'll save 10% off your food and drinks bill with the code, it's a secret. Roddy's Ribs is also available for group bookings and functions. Head to bigroddysribs.com to find out more. Hey Simpson, check this out. Look what I got! It's the kind I like! Are you guys shoplifting? Four finger discount, dude! Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we're here to review Marge Be Not Proud. I am Dando. I am Mitch. I'm very excited to review this one. I know I say this nearly every week now, but this is one of my favourites. Who uh, Someone sent us a tweet through the week saying that you know they've been listening for the last three weeks. It's like, my observation, almost every episode is an absolute classic. And it is. Season 7. This is my favourite season of The Simpsons, but this episode for me just has everything. It makes you laugh, it makes you cry got a great guest star. It's, it's amazing. I love Lawrence this Lawrence Tierney is so good in this as... Uh, what, what is Don Brodka. Brodka, that's it. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that reveal of the the answering machine gag is fucking hilarious. Just if that... Because it looks like a conversation. And then the only way that you make sense of that when he hangs up the phone is that he has a verbal tick and that they just slide in there for... It's so funny. It's really, really good. Um, and from a crazy man, like... He's very hard to work with. Any story you hear about Lawrence Tierney is that he is nuts. Like, I've got the stories from when he worked on The Simpsons, and it's it's pretty good. Really, brilliant. I look forward to hearing those. <laughs> Did you have you heard the one about when he was on Seinfeld? No, he so, tried, so he plays Elaine's dad. For those of you yeah, who don't know, yeah, uh, in one episode, but he tried to steal a knife or something like that. Oh, um, like he just grabbed a butcher's knife from the set of Jerry's apartment and was walking off with it, and everyone was sort of like, <laughs> um, everyone was too afraid to say. You anything. don't question him, no. Yeah, <laughs> apart from Jerry. Because Jerry, as the story went, Jerry was like, Jerry doesn't give a fuck about anyone. <laughs> and he just went, what are you doing? <laughs> and, like, and, the, and Lawrence apparently then like made some sort of mock psycho like rah, 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 motion before jokingly trying to cut, smooth it over by putting it back in the chopping block. And then walked off and no one ever spoke of it again. Well, when he was on The Simpsons. So, Until DVD commentary. So he was picked up from his hotel in a limo. And Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein were saying that when he got dropped off, the limo driver got out and said, I'm not taking this guy home. Find another limo driver. Got in the car and left. (laughs) And then they were reading through the scripts and stuff and going over their lines. And an intern was opening up a packet of chips or making Mm. some sort of noise. And he was like, shut up. We're practicing over here. Shut up. Full Christian Bale on him. Yeah, he went nuts. It's fucking distracting. (laughs) I'm working here. I'm having some chips. Oh, good for you. (laughs) Da, 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 da. Oh, sorry, now now I'm on Christian Bale. I discovered a little while ago. I discovered the video clip of Rob Cantor, Shia LaBeouf live. Okay. Have you ever seen no. this? So goddamn funny. I'll show you at the end of this. I might even post a link to it in the Patreon page, um, or you can just search Rob Cantor, Shia LaBeouf live. But, yeah, uh, he's a comedian who did this full got like a Philharmonic orchestra in to sing a song about Shia LaBeouf chasing you through the woods. 
But before that, he did a song called Christian Bale is at your party. And it was Christian Bale is at your party. He's uninvited. He's eating all the snacks. He's hitting on your girlfriend, all that sort of thing. And then it would cut in with it. What don't you fucking understand from the clip of, uh, from the set of Terminator Salvation? Did you look at him differently after that clip? Did you yeah. lose a little bit of respect for the No, bro? you didn't. <laughs> no, if anything, I gained it. <laughs> this is a man who's passionate about his art. Yeah, yeah. Getting back to, to uh, Lawrence. So, also, he wanted to do the character in a southern accent. And I said, we don't want this character in a southern <laughs> accent. But he was adamant, I want to do this in a southern accent. They had to convince him not to. Mm. And then you were mentioning before the, the phone call scene where he's, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He didn't get it. He just did not get it. Right. And he was refusing to do it. He goes, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because he couldn't quite get the metagag there. Yeah. So, apparently, Bill was like, fine, it's, we won't do it then because Marge's lines were actually in the script as well. So, okay. they had Julie read out Marge's lines. So, he was actually talking to and her. Then just and just cut, cut her out. out. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. I love it when directors or producers or whoever it might be get the performance they need by lying to their actors. They found a way. Yeah. (laughs) Cue Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Now, apparently you have a story and I have a a legal summons in my inbox this morning. So, what What happened when you wake up this morning? I I panicked a little bit. The first thing... The first thing I saw uh, when I rolled over, checked my phone, turned off the alarm, was a little Facebook notification. Um, something, blah, blah, blah. Your video, a video has been removed from one of your pages. <laughs> or No, content. Content has been removed from your page due to a breach of copyright. Um, not quite as far as a cease and desist letter, but it's that thing of, if this happens again, we might just, like just take things off your page. Yeah. So, what happened I was... I warned you about videos. <laughs> That's just, so, what happened was uh, GameStop which is sort of like the EB yeah, Games I of know, America. I know GameStop. They were at a like a presser for Jurassic Park where uh, Jeff and all the cast, Chris Pratt, were there for the new Jurassic Park new film. Jurassic Park film. And they, rather than interviewing him about the film, they got him to read Skinner's part in Steamed Hams. So yep. then what they did was they put him and then picture and picture of Steamed Hams, played the whole clip, just cut out Skinner's audio and put in Jeff's. And then they put it on their Twitter and used it as a promotion for their website. Mm-hmm. Then Bill Oakley saw it, and people were sharing it to Bill Oakley. He wrote the scene, yep. blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, it's good, but I wish I had a credit of the guy that actually wrote it. Right. Because this is a major company. This isn't just a guy making a meme. Just a fan. This, this is, is a company yeah. using copyrighted footage and my copyrighted written material for financial gain. So, I don't really endorse it. And then what happened was Fox then caught wind of it and went, ah, you're playing our video on your video. And Fox went, anyone who's got that video now taking it straight down. So, they went like a massive cease and desist all over Across the, the board. So, you can't but find Bill, it anymore. But Bill's tight with us. Bill's... I know. Can't we send a tweet? Well, go, Bill. Hey, Bill. <laughs> where's the beef? <laughs> he put out a tweet pretty much saying my aim wasn't to get the video taken down because it's hilarious. It's just I wanted it to be credited or it would have been nice if they had it credited to me. Well, surely Bill can tweet the video back out. Uh, I guess so. Edit, maybe, maybe, edit out the GameStop bits. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Fox have to do it. I don't know, but basically, it's now hot property. It's bigger. Than you can't him. find it anywhere. It's bigger than him now. Yeah. Hot property. <laughs> People selling bootleg VHSs yeah, yeah, yeah. on the corner, five hundred bucks each. Do you remember when Underbelly came out and it was banned in Victoria? Oh my god, that was huge, wasn't People it? People were driving across the New South Wales border yeah. to buy a copy <laughs> and bring it back in, and they watched it. Went ah, ah, it's Vince Colosimo. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's kind of funny. That uh, Jeff Goldblum was made Steamed Hams big again because it sort of died down mm. for a little bit, and then it was huge again. And there's all these websites posting about, oh, Jeff Goldblum, this it's peaked. Steamed Hams is peaked, and now they're linked to nothing because the video's gone. I wonder what else Jeff Goldblum could make big again. Anything, mm. anything. 
He he is sort of the ultimate in regards to the meme community now. Bugger? The bugger ad? Yeah, he could. Honestly, anything. He could bring anything back. Trying to think of anyone who is higher in regards, who is considered higher in regards in the meme community. Um, well, I don't even know about meme community. I think nerd culture. Nerd in culture, general. yeah, yeah. Like Jeff is internet social culture, an yeah. icon unto himself. Yeah, shirtless Malcolm, man. Yeah, that pop it, vinyl. Um, I tell you what, Christopher Walken's got to go right up there with him. Everyone was saying in the in the comments saying all we need now is Christopher Walken to do Charmers, and yeah. this is the ultimate. Um. Because as much as much as Jeff is loved, Christopher Walken's the only person I know who has had other movie stars wear Christopher Walken t-shirts to film premieres in his <laughs> honor, which happened on, I think it was the set of Seven Psychopaths, um, the premiere for Seven Psychopaths. Both Woody Harrelson, I think Colin Farrell, and certainly Sam Rockwell were all wearing Christopher Walken t-shirts with Christopher Walken on the set. Imagine him reading that at this time of year in this part of the country, but Christopher Walken doing it. Yeah, that would be. Robert Borealis, <laughs> this time of the day, in this time of the year, in this part of the country, it's crazy. It would be great, but apparently you can't do it unless you start the next video with written by Bill Oakley. I'm happy to do that. Like, just more than that, just have <laughs> Bill flash at you the whole way yeah. through the video. <laughs> Bill Oakley, Bill Oakley, Bill Oakley. Like, like, like dicks in a yeah. fight club. <laughs> oh, like where they splice the dicks yeah. in. Yeah. All right. I was thinking more... Um, this is an old bit, but it was Bill Hicks talking about the letters to Penthouse Forum. Like, I can't believe it happened to me. And then it'd be this whole story about getting into an orgy or something like that. And then at the end, name and address withheld. He's like, that's where you know that they've made that up. Because if that was me, I would not be withholding. It was like, Bill Hicks went to a party and Bill Hicks was accosted by seven <laughs> women. Bill Hicks had sex with all of them. <laughs> Signed, Bill Hicks. <laughs> uh Futurama podcast. So, mm. we announced it in the Patreon. Yeah, we'll be doing this as a Patreon exclusive. So, basically, the way it's going to work is we're going to, for $5 plus patrons, we're going to be reviewing the first season of Futurama. Mm -hmm. Just test the waters to make sure people appreciate it and enjoy the show. And if we get some good feedback and we get a good response, then we'll continue on with the rest of the episodes of Futurama. But we're just going to start with season one for now. Yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to opening a whole host of new voices that I can try to do. That'll mm -hmm. be fun. It's been... A long time since I've got to say good news, everyone. I was going to say, give us good news, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most obvious to go for. And uh, Zap Brannigan, Master of Space Time and everything in between. Uh, I'm sure we can get Billy West on the show again. I, well, I would, you know, what else is he doing now? Um, Probably everything. Bill's a busy yeah. man. But uh, yeah, no, it'd be fucking great to have him on for a genuine purpose as opposed to just, you're in Australia, let's talk to you because yeah, we love you. That's it. So $5 plus patients get access to that. Also, gonna be When are we starting that? The Futurama podcast, when do you think we should start it? This Soon. Month? This month. Definitely this month. I would say within a couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll do a couple of episodes in a row. Yeah. We'll get them, get them up there. The one thing about Futurama, and I'm not sure if we'll do this weekly or maybe bi-weekly, but there is so much more to unpack in these episodes that it's not... Generally with The Simpsons, I can sit down and watch it on the way to you and be fine. Um, whereas Futurama, I feel, is going to need a bit of time to research all the different things, particularly as it goes on, the, you know, the layering in languages, and there's math formula, and there's a lot of heavy stuff in there to get into. So, Well, Futurama, see, Simpsons was, whilst it has freeze-frame fra freeze gags, Futurama is more of a show that where it's written purely for the freeze-frame generation, mm. where we can look for that sign, and it's got, like you said, the hidden languages and all the mathematical equations and mm. things like that. There was just so much to discuss, where The Simpsons... Whilst they do that sometimes, they don't focus on that. Yeah, it's not it's as not much. Their, it's not their key thing, you yeah. know? But yeah, I can't wait to do it. Futurama, just seems like the natural thing to progress to Futurama. 
So, Marge, be not proud. And then proud. from there, Dilbert. Yeah, you Because it's the most do... underappreciated cartoon ever made. Yeah, we should do that. I'm keen. I've only watched the first episode. I really enjoyed it. It's so funny. Yeah. The Garbage Man. How good is the Garbage Man? I can't remember. I can remember the shower. A, he's a mysterious... Ca- uh, the the, uh, the voice-activated shower. shower. Yeah. Yeah. 2001. It's but Ah! Yes. <laughs> anyway. Um, Marge, be not proud. Marge, be not proud. An absolute classic. <laughs> End of review. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? No, um, I appreciated all the toilet memes that came in through the week on they the Patreon cool, page. Thank you very much. I was not on the toilet. I just did not know how to record properly. Basically, that was all it came down to. The and mic I didn't just did have, something weird. Yeah, the mic fucked up. I, would, I didn't have <laughs> headphones to be able to listen and get real-time feedback. So, we didn't know until afterwards and went, oh, well. Someone tampered with the there's, mic. There's an hour and a... I bet you it was that other fucking Simpsons podcast that closed down a couple of years ago. <laughs> coming back to haunt us. So, what did you like about Marge Be Not Proud? If it's an absolute classic? Um, well, I like that it's an episode that I actually get to defend. Because if you look up Marge Be Not Proud online, there's a bit of negative backlash towards really? it for it being overly sentimental. Uh, people refer to it as being a very special episode. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the trope. For, and for people that don't know, I mean... A lot of people listening to this show probably do, but a very special episode would be when Family Ties deals with alcohol addiction or something like that, where like they have this thing that feels very much ensconced in that one episode where they're like, here's a moral and we're going to preach it for the next half hour. Um, but I really don't feel like the episode comes across that way. I've, I've never felt that it comes across that way. I feel like it's all very, very well earned. I think it's written beautifully. I think it's a it's a really natural progression. And it feels it's not like, real. It feels real. Yeah, and particularly because they haven't just crowbarred it in from external. It's something that you could believe Bart doing. Yes. It's a, a response that you would absolutely believe Marge doing. It's not like people are acting out of character for this episode. Um, We've never actually seen Marge react like this, though. This is the first time he has truly disappointed her. Yeah, it's the first time she's gone to this, I guess, this deep of a feeling of disappointment. Yeah. I think that's why it's so relatable for me because that's how my mum responded when I got caught trying to steal that magazine that time, which I've mentioned on the podcast yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, um, It's probably how my parents responded when I stole that chewing gum. Yeah. To be honest, I don't really remember. I was young and by that point I had a taste for the life of crime and authority just didn't matter anymore. But it just adds so much to the episode that she's not angry. Like we said, she's just disappointed and that hurts more. It's always a scarier reaction when your parents don't yell at you. Yeah. You'd rather be yelled. When Homer's yelling, it's like, yeah, cool, yell at me, now I can move on. Yeah. But when your mum is just disappointed and her the way she reacts to Bart's different, she is treating him like he's older now. Because mm. the thing with The Simpsons is the kids never get older. So we never actually get to see, there are later down the track in later seasons, you see Bart a bit older and Lisa's wedding, but you never see him as a teenager. Mm. So we never see him get to sort of disappoint Marge in this kind of way. This is really the only time we get to see how that might have gone down. Mm. And... I think it's very important that he doesn't actually get away with having stolen as well. No. Um, in that, that allows you to keep a bit of sympathy for him. He's had a moment of weakness. He's been caught. He's apologized immediately. He's realized he's blunder. He hasn't tried to go back for it or anything like that. Then it's just a case of, all right, that was me fuck up. Let's not do that again. Um, and then, you know, then Marge... She doesn't just forgive him for nothing. She's not upset about the fact that he stole the game. She's upset about the fact that he even tried to steal the game. She blames herself. What did I do wrong? Whether yeah. I lose him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that's a natural reaction for a lot of parents when yeah, your yeah. kids disappoint you. I think they showed the, the way it's written by Mike Scully. He did a great way of making you sort of 
sort of justifying why Bart did it, making you understand, putting yourself in his shoes. We've all been We've all had there. a moment of weakness where we've done something we know we shouldn't be doing. We thought, oh, we probably will get away everyone, with it. Everyone's torrented a movie. Yeah. Well, maybe not everyone, but I think the yeah. vast majority of people these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you think, well, I'm not going to get caught. You know, I might as yeah. well just take the risk. Yeah. But things like, um, so Marge couldn't afford the game. Um, he was The comic book guy was all out of rental copies. Mm. The, yeah, that spoiled kid. Um, yeah. What was his name again? Uh, Gavin. Gavin. Whatever it was. And his sister was Real Caitlin. preppy, but pain-in-the-ass kid that had several copies of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just the little things as well in this episode that make it stand out. So, Bart's wearing the purple jacket. You never see him wearing his purple jacket mm. ever again. You see that? You see the jacket, you know it's this episode. Yeah. The try-and-save never appears again. Yeah. Um, Don Brogger, I think he appears in the background in certain episodes. never voiced again. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. it. You wouldn't have Tierney back in the building. Yes. I also love the, the, the frame. When Marge first puts it up, it tilts. Mm. Sort of yeah. to represent like a... That, that, Things are unbalanced right now in the household, and it yep. takes Bart's photo, the the good one, to so, balance things out again. Yeah, exactly. Just right. Little things like that, and you don't even it's the way he sneaks it in. It's not you don't watch that and think, well, that's going to be a seed plant for later on. Yeah, no. It just naturally progresses to it. Yeah. The other thing, Bart's stealing the video game, he gets caught. Whatever, doesn't he's not killing anybody. Bart's actually done much worse than this. But the episode does really well, making it seem like it's the worst thing in the world, grounding it in reality. I think yeah. it's. Due to maybe the way Marge reacts to the situation? Yeah, it is that. Because Marge normally defends him. Yeah. And the fact he's that... He's just a boy. He's just a boy. What he's done in previous episodes is, more often than not, it's been cartoony levels of crime. Like, it's too far to be considered real. Yeah. You know, like, knocking grandpa's... Or stealing grandpa's teeth, breaking them, and sticky taping them back together, throwing them in his mouth. That's like exactly that, what I was thinking of. Yeah, like, that's never going to happen in real life. So, it doesn't hit with the same level of, of weight when you're watching it, whereas... This is something that would happen in real life. Therefore, it does feel very, very real and grounded. And as you said, they treat it as such. It's kind of, it's the difference between watching like Transformers violence and watching Saving Private Ryan violence. You're like, like, yeah, entire cities are getting leveled in Transformers. One guy gets shot in the middle of a battlefield by a sniper in Saving Private Ryan. And it's an emotional gut punch because, you know, that happened. Yeah. Godzilla nearly stands on Hekazaria. You don't care. No. Hank cared that he was in the movie. But he did. <laughs> Who else was it? It was Harry Shearer and... Harry Shearer and Nancy Cartwright. Was Nancy it. in it? Was yeah, she? she? What was she? Oh, she's in the newsroom or something like that when Godzilla was walking past. You asked Harry about that, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. That's a very brief cameo. Um, <laughs> but no, I heard Hank... I might have been on off camera. Was to, Like, that's one of the... One of the... It's not so much a regret, but he came off of the birdcage and then he did a few big budget movies that were all massive flops. Was Godzilla a flop? Commercially, yeah, okay. and I mean, and artist, uh, sorry, and and critically, it didn't, it didn't really do very well. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of it, then he lost his sheen. He had to work his way back and that sort of thing. He was in Friends for a while. He was. Do you know he's got a TV show on now called I think it's Brockmire. No, I didn't um, know that. It was uh, is it Amazon or Hulu or one of those sort Amazon of Amazon Red smaller... or no, YouTube Red, Amazon something. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the. It might be a Hulu show. It was one of the smaller streaming services. Um, he plays a. a Minor league, well, it's, it's he's a major league announcer, so you know the um, and two balls, no strikes on him. He's one of those guys, yeah, and yeah. then he has a massive meltdown, gets sent back to the minor leagues, and he has to try and get his life back together. But I, I think the the comedy, I've not seen any of it, but just from hearing about it, he's a guy that just talks like this in his day to day life. So Phil Hartman, kind of Phil Hartman, yeah. Because you just you can imagine Phil Hartman just being like that twenty four hours a day, yeah, but not caring because he was just hilarious, yeah. He could anyway. say, I'm going to check the mail, and it'd be amazing. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the ending of this episode, that's my favourite part. No matter how many times I watch it, I tear up. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the way Marge reacts to it. But it's not so much just when he gives her the photo. It's the way he holds back his disappointment to make Marge happy when she gives him Lee Carvalho's putting challenge. Yeah. That's a real sort of sign of maturity from Bart that we don't yeah. really get to see that often. It's yeah. just her, her look of excitement. Of, I've got him something he really, really wants. I'm really happy. And he's like, oh, because we've all had a present that we never wanted. But we, we lie to our mums because we don't want to disappoint them. Yeah. My favourite moment of the episode, not sentimental. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think, a better rant from Homer even than your one of your favourite Homer rants about the... When you reach over and put your hands into a pile of goo. You know what to do. And it was the, didn't you learn anything in church from that guy, Captain What's-His-Name? <laughs> and then following up with, what do you think I took you to the Police Academy films for? For fun? Well, I didn't hear anyone else laughing. <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stay so- out of my boobs. <laughs> that was so funny. Homer's not in the episode very often, but every time he's used, it's hilarious. Gotta change Maggie. Dude, God, gotta change Maggie. <laughs> Marge, Lisa at Camp Granada. <laughs> Get him, Ma. <laughs> It's amazing. It's really, really good. The also little touch that I want to want to mention, acknowledge, is the paid in full tag that was on the photo. Yeah, I never yeah. noticed that until I watched it for the review. I thought that's nice. Yeah, it is. Didn't need to be there, but perfect. Um, the other thing about this episode that it's given a lot of very memorable moments, moments that have lived on in perpetuity. So, Thrill House comes from this episode. Yep. Our podcast title comes from this episode. It does. Well, I can't even mention that yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> The Bummy Bonestorm will go to hell. Bummy Bonestorm go to hell. Lee Carvalho's putting challenge. There's so much Power in this episode drive. that has lasted a very, very long time. Just take it. Just take it. Oh, yeah, take, yeah, it take, yeah. it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Who's um Donkey Kong? It's the company's fault for making you want it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, son. How's that game gonna help your putting? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know that that was originally gonna be Lee Trevino? Now, do you know who Lee Trevino is? Uh, yeah, Lee Trevino is um short golfer. For those who don't, for those who don't follow golf, he's the guy who shakes his head and happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's that guy. Yeah. He was originally going to do it, but he didn't want to. He didn't like the fact that they were going to be putting down his game. Right, he didn't like the fact that the putting challenge. He didn't was see the... it funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so Lee Carvalho instead, and they got Tom Kite because they were going to actually have him for the later episode where Homer plays golf. Yeah, okay. And they replaced him with Tom Kite. Yeah. On the subject of golf, happy Masters weekend to all the patrons who are getting that this. Getting this episode this Friday. Yeah, is that that's in Melbourne, right? That's uh, um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a brief moment there, I was concerned. <laughs> oh, we're talking about how good the ad is on Foxtel. Oh yeah, we've got logo. Foxtel right now. The um, the flashback to the Masters is great. Like it, it is. I feel like Augusta is one of those places that even if you don't like golf, if you've never seen a day of golf in your life, if you were at Augusta watching the golf, you would turn to anyone and say, "How fucking good's golf?" Yeah, like it's just. Peak golf. Have you ever been to a major tournament? Uh, I went to the Aussie Open up at Mount Coolum when I was like anyone 14, notable 15? playing at the time. And Greg Norman, okay, played in it. It was one of um, it was towards like Greg by that point was not a constant on the tour, but he played that tournament. Which Tiger's kind of at that point around. now, yeah. No, well, no, Tiger's is he full time again? Tiger's coming back, and okay. yeah, he is he on a rampage. Is he playing well? He's playing well. He's had uh, some high up finishes. Um, did he come second or third in a recent tournament? Would, would, a couple would shots have bothered someone recently. like him to not be the best anymore? Yes. There's the only reason that he's. I mean, within. You hear him speak, and there is a realm of realism in. Like, with his expectations. He knows that he's only played maybe five tournaments in the last couple of years. He's not going to come out and be the best, but he absolutely wants to be the best. The only reason he's playing is to compete and to win. Yeah. As most... Uh, Michael Jordan yeah. was the same. Like, he doesn't need the money. 
Like no. he, he just wants to be considered the best again. And then retire? I don't know. I don't, it's like retire golf, golf's one, one of those sports you don't necessarily retire as number yeah, one. Yeah, because you can just play keep it going. as long as you Arnold want. Arnold Palmer yeah. was pl- like still teeing up when he was 65. Like yeah. And even though he wasn't going to be beating the 20-year-olds, he was the best 65-year-old on the course. And you're not going to turn in a million dollars to turn up either. No. So, Marge, be not proud. Now, you mentioned before about how real this episode feels. Mm-hmm. When Mike Scully first handed the script in, they, Bill and Josh said it felt too real. They said this could have been any real-life sitcom, like Home Improvement. You can see this being a Home Improvement episode. Yeah, yeah. But so what they made him do was incorporate elements that could only happen in, in a cartoon. So the back seat of the car becoming Don Brodka, uh, the vision of him and Juvie, things like that, yeah. he added them in later. But essentially okay. the script that he handed in was almost perfect from start to finish from the get-go. That's wanted him to add in little extra things. I feel like that is not a note that would have been handed down in season two. The that it's that too, it, yeah that it's too real and not like a cartoon yeah I feel like different back, people running the show I yeah guess. different showrunners and different sensibilities but I feel like early days they would have gone perfect ah uh, trivia what are we going to kick off with uh what have we got um what is the wholesale price of Bone Storm wholesale price you have to do a little bit of math to be able to work this one out net profit to me mm-hmm. so I get that as the as the cost price as like, as the retail price so it's fifty nine ninety that's what I meant so. Yeah, fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Because it's ninety nine cents. You wish to pur- you net wish profit, to purchase yeah. Bone Storm for ninety nine cents. Net profit to me, negative fifty nine dollars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was my first question, but oh, I got it oh, wrong. Please take my money. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're unfamiliar with sarcasm, what game titles also appeared next to Bone Storm? Uh, there was many. Yeah, there were many. Give me one. Too many for me to write down. Oh, remember there was one about Canasta. Canasta Master. There we go. <laughs> There's a sw- swim meet. Save Hitler's Brain, Operation Rescue, A Streetcar Named Death, Sim Reich, uh, Angus Podgorny's Caper Toss, <laughs> which was Bill's favourite, Celebrity Tutopsy, Electronic Biathlon, and Robot Stampede. At least half of those could be real titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next uh, question. Who apparently lives in Krusty's yard? Ah, uh, Tom Landry? Uh, no, because they, they're invited guests. Oh, just, oh, Kent Brockman. Kent Brockman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to my house. And yes. then the window. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which company is Troy McClure doing the video for? So he's saying he's doing this, the plea bargain from our good oh. friends or something. Um, Foot Locker. Yes. That was, was which was my other question. Where did Troy try to of steal where? from? Of uh, where? Foot Locker or... Oh, no. Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills, okay. Um, which, uh, which famous fighting character was... Goro? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did the boys get as gifts in juvie? Uh, the March 8th newspaper. Correct. Um, was that the right date? That was right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Uh, that was car- the hardest one. Carpet samples. Yes. And what did Bart get? Like a wig or pom-pom or something? Uh, something wig. Just It's a soiled wig. Ah, uh, soiled wig. Yes. <laughs> and the person saying, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year was mm-hmm. Josh Weinstein. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, what date did Bart steal the game? Or try, attempt to Ooh. steal it. You see it because when Don puts the security tape in, it says the date. Yeah, right. Dece- within the, within a week of Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say December twenty first. Nailed it. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> when I do my thievering. What color was Homer's tie that he was wearing to the try and save for the family photo? Red, green. Mm. And they are my questions for this week. Well done, Dando. So the original air date was December 17th, 1995, not long before Christmas that year. Chalkboard gag, I will stop talking about the 12-inch pianist. I think Krusty's made the gag on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point. That was uh, when Selma and Krusty, uh, Krusty, uh, Selma and Sideshow Bob get married. 
Oh, yeah. So Krusty, say something yes, funny. Yeah, yeah. All right, guy guy brings out a 12-inch penis. Whoa. No, I can't tell that one. Yeah. The couch gag was Homer notices a plug in the middle of the floor, pulls it, and everyone gets sucked down the drain. Similar to last week, talking about the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Frightening sounds. <laughs> and it's funny, now that the people... You know what's hilarious, actually, about last week's episode? 40-odd memes... So many mentions. Not just the toilet. I was going to say the bath ones. Mitch's penis floating in the water. <laughs> yeah, but what I meant, <laughs> even as I was talking about that, I had an out of body moment. Going, I've said some weird things on this podcast. I feel like this is pushing the boundaries. Like, are people going to be happy with visualizing my flaccid floating penis? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, love not, it. Not one complaint. <laughs> I want you guys Download numbers through the roof. I want you patrons out there to keep putting memes out of what we discussed on the week, on the podcast this week. That'd be great if you could. Anything happened what, what have we discussed so far that could have gone on I've there? Forgotten everything. Yeah. That's what's what's good about it, because you put the memes up and I go, that's right. We talked about Mitch's oh, yeah, penis. Spoke about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, that actually was a very funny thing because uh, what did we record on? Like a Tuesday or something? It, we recorded on the Wednesday. Okay. I was chatting with my mate on Thursday. We we're up in Melbourne at the comedy festival. And this feeling hit me like a ton of bricks where I was like, oh, I reckon I said something really controversial on the show yesterday. <laughs> no idea what. <laughs> I never go back and listen to the show once it's edited. Mm. It's probably nice to go back and listen to it. We mm. said some stupid We need shit. to go upwards, yes. not forwards. <laughs> <laughs> it kicks off with what? I, you, you reviewed this in the book, didn't you, this, this episode? I did review this episode in the book, so I'm going to do my best not to... Uh, retread what I've said there but I do feel like it kicks off with the weakest part of the episode the the jokes about the Crusty Christmas mm. special and sort of stuff like yeah they're fine and it does take me back to a time where you know Letterman would have a Christmas tree on and every show in that Which I like. run up to Christmas yeah it's it's kitschy it's homely and all that sort of stuff because but, I've written, we don't get that in Australia we don't have Christmas specials no we don't really have any shows that are produced nah. on a week to week basis anymore no Apart from the occasional panel show, and they tend to take that time of year off. But it just lost... It doesn't lose me, because it's only the start of the episode. It's just the weakest the weakest point of the comedy, yeah. I think, at the very it's like, beginning. And that's credit to the episode, because it's just so great. Because this isn't bad, like you said. It's just the weakest part. Yeah. But it is, it's, it's, still just funny. Bit, it's still funny, though. It's a bit slow to get started. Yeah. But it, kick, it kicks straight into it with the, uh, with the commercial for Bonestorm. Mm. Now, Bill was saying that... They wrote this commercial to be the most over-the-top thing you would ever see. Mm. But you watch it now and it just feels tame. Tame, yeah. yeah. But they do a good job of tapping into that 90s boys action figure video game commercial yeah. where it's just but yeah. it's that kind of thing where you, you watch it and you're like, I must own this. Not a flying toy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they just made video games still the greatest thing in the world. Mm. Anything, really. Yeah. Do, do they still do that? Are they allowed to still do that? Make toys um, seem what they're doing, what they don't. I know the wrestling figures. Yeah, no, they, they definitely are. They did it with Star Wars toys uh, when that movie was coming out. Force Awakens. Uh, yeah, something about an X-wing thing, where it just you know the kid will it. I mean, you watch it as an adult, and it's like okay, so that's clearly the kid's imagination. This part of the ad, but you watch it as a kid, and you're like, oh my god, it comes with like fucking laser vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I like here is Bart's quote about the people of all religions coming together to worship Jesus Christ. I don't think many kids really understand the, the proper meaning of Christmas. When I was growing no. up, it was just a time mean, to I get knew, presents. I knew the reason. I knew like, of Jesus. I knew I the know timing the story. significance. Yeah. Because like nativity scenes and all that sort of stuff. So you're like, okay, Christmas, Jesus, born, makes sense. Boring. 
statement! Stop this up your stocking! Entertaining? Oh, yeah. So tell your folks, buy me! Bonestorm! I go to hell! Buy me, Bonestorm, or go to hell! Bart? Young man, in this house we use a little word called please. It was Like, that's an okay line from Homer, but this scene has the first of many brilliant lines from Homer. I know how you feel, Bart. When I was your age, I wanted an electric football game more than anything in the world. And my parents bought it for me, and it was the happiest day of my life. Well, good night. That's one of the great moments of Homer wisdom. Yeah. It's just how how quickly he forgets the point of his own story. I like stories. <laughs> Marge says they can't afford it, basically, because they include up to and including $70, I think it was. I think that's Which, what it was. Due to inflation, that's quite a bit of money. That's a lot of money in the 90s. Like, video yeah. games have... Did they cost that much, though? Because I've got a Tekken 2 that I bought from Harris Scarf when it first came out from PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 1. Still, mm. it's got a $40 tag on it. That seems cheap to me, considering inflation. It does seem cheap. Maybe Harris Scarf was going out of business at the time. Still going out of business? I, I mean, I, I can't... I didn't buy my own games back then, so I can't speak to what they were yeah, worth. Yeah, I just but I stick ass- around it. That's why I know. I assume. I mean, they wouldn't have thrown that figure out for no reason. Yeah, true. So then we get Bart getting tucked into bed. This is where the story really begins. So Bart... He's taken his mother's love for granted, essentially. Yeah. It's a little bit too corny at this point, like the, you know, getting tucked in and having songs sung and all that sort of stuff. It's, sim- it's similar to the... too old for it. Uh, I don't want to be dropped off at school, like stay in the car. He's sort of hitting that age yeah. now where it's not cool to be hanging out with your mum. Yeah. Where, really, he learns that you shouldn't take this kind of thing for granted. Hmm. Tuck in time. All aboard the sleepy train to visit Mother Goose. Barty stop at Snoozy Lane to rest his sweet caboose. Mom, I'm not a little kid anymore. Tuck-in time is lame. Well, if loving my kids is lame, then I guess I'm just a big lame. Mom, it's lame to be proud of being lame. Well, life is like a box of chocolates. Mom, you no. Mom! Hope- you're gonna get. So Bart's failed with uh, trying to get Marge to buy the game. So he then goes to comic. Well, he sees at the comic book shop ninety nine cents. Even he can afford that, but that's not what is reality, though, isn't it, Mitch? No, that is just the beginnings of the concept of sarcasm. Yes, uh, that's the rental price. See, he's walking home. He sees Millhouse has the game. Mm. I know he's never actually seen the game. Just hears the music. Just hears the music and yes. knows. Yeah, we all had that one kid who had something that we didn't have yeah. so we go to his house purely to play with it yeah or hang- they get a good thing here as well actually with and it comes in more later in the episode but yeah. that uh, keeping up with the Joneses and how strong that is in kids that you just want whatever toy everyone else has yeah yeah because yeah. the second that Bart actually gets the opportunity to play Bonestorm later doesn't be, take it it's irrelevant now. doesn't care anymore the whole episode's about him trying to steal it but now he doesn't even want it yeah I don't get why Millhouse wouldn't let him play if it's a two player game just seems like a dick move from Millhouse. Yeah, sometimes when you're the kid in the position of having that toy, you just want to enjoy your toy. But it's not a toy, it's a game. Yeah, well, same deal. When you have a video game, though, wouldn't you rather play it with your friends? If it's a two-player game, wouldn't you rather play against your friend? Or maybe because Bart's better than him, he doesn't want to lose. Not always. Sometimes I feel like it's nice to just sit down and enjoy the mechanics on their own. Sometimes it is, yeah. I remember when I got Tekken 3, I enjoyed playing with my friends, though. Because the computer would always beat me. Yeah. Until I realized yeah, I put it on easy mode. Yeah. Um, fighting games when I was a kid, I needed to play against someone else. Yeah, but but still, Donkey Kong Country, for example, I didn't want to be playing that in two player. Oh no 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 no! Yeah, I didn't want to be sitting there watching the other dude make his way through the map, waiting for a barrel to hit him so I could finally take (laughs) over. 
<laughs> the, the thrill how gag's also great. Yeah. Trying to fit your name. It's like a, a bowling lanes where you're trying to fit your name into the five oh, digits yeah, whatever five it is. five digits. <laughs> hey, Mitch, I've never had that problem. Uh, well, I'm always just Dando. Nicola, that works. Nicholas, Nicole. Yeah. Bart then goes to the store and the justification here, maybe if I act sad in front of the game, someone might buy me one. I think many kids at some point in time have done this. Yeah, if not or, with, or if not with video happen. games. So, yeah, with something. If I just look here and look sad, they might feel sorry I'll for me. I'll stand in front of the ice cream truck and I'll just put a bit of dirt on my cheeks and I'll... Or cry a little yeah. <laughs> Weep. Mike Scully was saying that, because this is purely based on something that happened in his real life. I should probably mention that. So this whole episode is based around when he got caught stealing. It's actually hilarious when he got caught stealing. Hang on. It's a 45 record of a song called Indian Giver by the 1910 Fruit Gum Company <laughs> at a store called Bradley's. So when he was a kid, he got caught by the security guard stealing it. And they actually called up his home. But his mum and dad weren't there. They called his brother and they he spoke to his brother. Mm. And he got home and he's, brother covered for him his brother never didn't actually tell Solid. His, didn't actually tell his mom and dad but then they had to go back to do back to school shopping and she goes we're going to bradley's and he goes i spent the whole time trying to duck and weave away from the from the security guard and eventually he saw him and said hey aren't you the kid i told not to come back and he's like no, no. he goes what's your name and he goes all i could think of was my mom was a uh, she loved jazz so it was a jazz musician called <laughs> pete fountain and he goes <laughs> all right then <laughs> <laughs> So like, this whole thing really happened. And his mum never actually found out. Uh, she's passed away now, unfortunately. But his dad found out because he said this in an interview. So yeah, his dad, okay. his dad, he goes, my dad grounded me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then Mike, Mike Scully said that he used to go to the, um, to the bakery when he was a kid. And he'd walk up and he'd be like looking sad in front of the cookies. He used to say, always say to the owner, are the sugar cookies free? Yeah. <laughs> and they'd feel sorry for him to give him one. And then he'd go to school. <laughs> What a kid. I know, right? Mike Scully knew how to work the angles. <laughs> Speaking of Mike, we're going to be interviewing him next week. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to oh. be very exciting. But he's worked on other shows as well, Parks and Rec. Like he's done, he, I cannot wait. He actually said to me... I wonder if he has any air that Rob Lowe has breathed. Maybe. He actually said to me last week, sorry um, sorry for the late reply. I was filming a pilot. I'm like, that's fine. That, that's, that's fine. Kind of understandable. No roles for me, Mike? <laughs> Come on, man. I can act. You can ask him. I will. <laughs> I have no shame. <laughs> So Bart doesn't get a free game. He's standing there and he gets Look hit. at my range. He gets hit in the arm by Gavin or the, the guy working at the store because Gavin and his mum are buying the game. Gavin, don't you already have this game? No, mom, you idiot. I have Bloodstorm and Bone Squad and Bloodstorm 2, stupid. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. We'll take a Bone Storm. Well, get two. I'm not sharing with Caitlin. That must be the happiest kid in the world. This is where Nelson and Jimbo arrive, and we get the uh, title of our show, Four Finger Discount. They're basically saying to him, it's a victimless crime. We steal all the time. We never get caught. They walk off laughing about sort of things. Well, if they can get away with it all the time, surely I can as well. And he, he's about to, he, he's, sort of, he's still trying to justify it in his head, and then he thinks of the video game characters, and like, yeah. that's it, I'm going to do it. And he, he, th- he almost gets away with it. Well, he gets outside. But you can tell that, you can just imagine that Don's sitting there in his office, Singing a whiskey or whatever, and he just sees his kid grab the game straight out, catches yeah. it, waits for him to leave, makes him think he's got out, and then, and grabs then him. gets him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of. I mean, I, it, do do we feel sorry for Bart? I do. I sympathise with a kid like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he didn't really know. Like I said, the, the episode has a great way of justifying why he did it. Yeah. Look, I mean, there are people that would have a moral compass that's very hard line, and they go, "No, he did the wrong thing." I don't feel any any sympathy, but. I mean, I guess as someone who had shoplifted a few times when I was younger. A few times? 
Oh, well, once or twice. I, what? You've already said once. And I don't particularly feel like I'm a bad person. What else did you steal? No, I told you about the, the Bruce Willis poster. Yeah. That, that's that's a long story. You said a few times, though. Well, it might have been a video game in there once. A video game? <laughs> what? Where from? Uh, can we not name the company? No, no, no. But Is it a major outlet in Geelong? Yeah. Westfield? I'm not narrowing down. <laughs> but um, Do you shoot at them? Do I shoot at them? What? The brand name. Oh, Tajay. I thought you meant, did I go in there? <laughs> no. Fuck. Um, no, no, no. So, it, it was... All right, I'll name the game. It was Metal Gear Solid 4. Well, you named the game. The Phantom Pain. Uh, not the Phantom Pain. That's the new one. Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. What console is this? Uh, PlayStation 3. Um, oh, so, this is not that long ago. No, it was maybe 18, 19. But a poor... Old, <laughs> you were that old and you did this. <laughs> I was a poor 18 or 19. Here's what happened. I felt like I needed to take... You steal it from a child who just paid for it? <laughs> no. Um, this particular this particular outlet store would often have an empty display case. You had to buy the game to then get the disc to be put into the display case that you would take home. It was a faultless plan. You couldn't steal from that because they're all kept under lock and key. There's, there's no way around that. I know where it was. And then... This game came out, and instead of the empty display case, they decided to put it in one of those outer plastic cases that you needed, like, the special key to open up. And I just wanted past that and went, why would they have done something so stupid? Like, why have you got a system that can't be broken and then given me a system that I can break if I want to? Um... Now, they had those, like, little beepy-beepy stickers on there that you you go through the magnetic thing and they beep. Yeah, yeah. And I... So I was like, all right, so that's obviously a magnetic frequency that gets sent, and all they do is wipe it against the counter, and that's what kills it. So we did a bit of research and discovered that that's just, they put it against another magnet, that magnet knocks out the frequency. (laughs) The magnet knocks out the frequency, and that's what stops it from beeping when you go through the beepy beepies at the very end. So then it just became a a matter of myself and an IT friend um, opening up an old computer hard drive and getting a rare earth van at the front on his laptop (laughs) getting a rare earth magnet from the inside of the hard drive that i could then hold against the sticker as i walked through the beepy beepy thing and it um killed the frequency and out i went then it was just a case of opening the plastic box did you shit yourself when you're going through Nah, i had faith in science (laughs) (laughs) you would have been nervous though a little bit um how long did it take before you approached the game how long did it take before you actually took it did you look around for a bit? Did you pretend like you were browsing? Or was it just, yeah, I, know, I want this game and I'm going to walk up and take it? No, I just took it. There's no point to faff around. Um, then, and I mean, I've told other stories. I told you about the time that I nearly accidentally, well, I, I mean, accidentally, but but it was a deliberate call at the end where I um, was trying on clothes at an outlet store. And I was, this time I was young. I was 15 and I had tried clothes that were very different to the sorts of clothes that I normally would wear. I was going through a bit of a Bon Jovi stage, and I divine Bon Jovi stage. Um, forties, like forty-year-old Bon Jovi. There was some denim jacket, scarf. Not a scarf, but there was a denim jacket, and I can imagine you in a scarf, long sleeve, big collar. Anyway, (laughs) um, oh no, not collar. Um, and I was like, I need to find a salesperson to try and help get some guidance on what I look like here. And I just very innocently walked out of the change rooms, but there was no one nearby. So I was like, I'll go back into the men's section. I'm sure I'll find someone. And I wandered around and I couldn't find anyone there. And then I went to like the next section over trying to find a staff member and I couldn't find anyone there. And then I was about to walk to the next section over. By this point, I'd been walking for like five minutes and suddenly I was at the door. I just went, oh, well, 
But what about the clothes that you were originally wearing? Um, I think I, um, they could put in a hanging no, back I, of the rack. I reckon I carried them with me because I didn't want to leave them in the change room while I was going out to yeah. find somebody. Man, you're a thief. Oh, um, yeah. Mitch but, is a thief. but like I said, I oh, Mitch. I don't see myself as a bad person overall. I mean, I don't want you to see this. I've lapsed. <laughs> I've lapsed a couple of times over the years, but look. It's the company's fault for making you want it so much. As I said, <laughs> a lot of people torrent movies and TV shows. So, yeah. like, everyone has stolen... Not everyone, but a lot of people have stolen in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, but torrenting's a victimless crime. No, it's not. <laughs> why do you think we don't get any unique ideas anymore? That's why everything's a sequel, because people are too afraid to take a punt on something, because nothing's making any fucking money. Back to Marge being not proud. Okay, so what's just happened? Bart's been caught. I really like the fact that Bart is more concerned about his parents or his mum finding out than the criminal yeah. facet to this. Yeah, like he doesn't care about anything to do with it. ramifications the to law. himself. Yeah, it's just, oh my God, my parents are going to find out. Yeah, they can't be yeah. All right, show's over. Uh, excuse me? You think you're pretty smart, don't you? No. Don't smart off to me, smart guy. I, I, I could pay for the game. I, I'll pay for it. You know, that kind of mush might fly at Lamps Plus, but don't peddle it here. If I wanted smoke blowing up my ass, I'd be in home with a pack of cigarettes and a short length of hose. Don is such a unique character. Yeah. And it's, I don't feel like anyone could have played it to perfection like Lawrence did. No. No. Um, and as you said, very unique. No one before or since is written in even the remotest sense like this. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny Honestly, that... Um, if I wanted you to blow smoke, if I wanted, say, yeah, if yeah. I wanted smoke blown up my ass, I'd be at home with a pack of cigarettes and a short length of hose. And Bart's laugh is—I know that's meant to be a joke, so I'm going to pretend like it's funny, yeah. but not quite get it. And when you're a kid, but it's such you a don't un- get it. It's such an un-Simpsons joke that. Yes, like, that's a. It's like, oh, he's saying that in front of a child. Yeah, like that's a joke that you would hear. A Family Guy joke. Yeah, or Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah. I was going to say like back then, not even like I mean Family Guy. Yeah, maybe 1995. Yeah, 1995. You had to be going to adult comedy movies to hear a joke like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And But you can tell Bart doesn't get it because he, he is just mm. a kid. But he calls up and I'm just going to play the clip of the phone call. That's it, Mr. Comedian. I'm calling your parents. <gasps> Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Simpson. This is Detective Don Brodka from Try and Save Security. That's right, Don Brodka. Your son Bart has been caught shoplifting. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a shame, I know, but, well, try and have a Merry Christmas. They weren't home. Uh-huh. But I left a message on their answering machine. That's right. Knowing the story of the fact that Lawrence wouldn't do it, didn't get it, until they had Marge, Marge's voice responding to him, just makes this even funnier. Yes, it does. <laughs> so beautiful. I wonder if Lawrence ever saw it. I don't know. Maybe. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to know what his response was. I want to look up more stories involving him, though. Because the one with The Simpsons is hilarious. Yeah. Just yelling at a poor little intern for opening up a packet of chips or something. I'm pretty sure there's a few from the set of Reservoir Dogs as well. Like, just yeah. where, wherever he goes, chaos reigns. <laughs> but he's so good. Th- yeah, this is why he keeps getting work. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he does a great job well, in front of the camera. now, unfortunately. But that Bill was saying that he's he's just got that voice where people in Hollywood just don't have this voice anymore. Mm. It's like 50 years of smoking and drinking whiskey. Yeah, exactly. To get that voice. Yeah. Um, okay. I've really, really, really learned my lesson. Can I please go now? Yeah, get out of my sight. Hey, kid, one more thing. If you ever set foot in this store again, you'll be spending Christmas in Juvenile Hall. Capiche? Well, do you understand? 
everything except capiche. Sabat leaves in a hurry because he has to beat everyone home. Yeah. Good guy, gotta change that tape. Gotta change that tape. <laughs> gotta change back. Good guy, we gotta change back. <laughs> driving with their heads out the window. Yes, so good. You know that's in your future. It in is. your very short term I'm future. I'm gonna start relating to, to these jokes more now. Mm. <laughs> good guy, gotta change back. It, you know, it didn't dawn on me until like last week. Like, there's gonna be a baby here soon. We're gonna be doing a podcast. We're gonna be a baby crying. Yeah, I know. This is why. <laughs> this is why when you announced it, I was like, "So are we announcing the end of the podcast?" Because, and and uh, I, I feel like out of a lot of my friends, I'm at that age where people are like you should have a kid now. You should have a kid. Kid's great. You should, anything is, you should never say that because you don't know whether they're trying or not, and they can't. Yeah, I, 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 I hate when people say, are, are you going, when are you guys going to have a kid? They might be trying and they can't. So I've always really hated that as well. It's very presumptuous. Like, So when are you going to make this massive, Like, even if you're not trying, yeah, yeah. when are you going to make this massive life-altering decision for my benefit because I want a grandson? Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> How's that, mum and dad? But um, anyway, yeah, like I feel like I'm one of the few people that truly grasps the gravity of it all. Of like, yeah, there's a kid here. Like... If Nicola's got something on, you can't be talking to me about The Simpsons for an hour and a half. No. That's a, and I don't know how to handle the kid. I can't look after him for you. But I'll make it work because I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I, 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 I actually I can't, think you'll be a great dad. I actually can't wait. And this sounds stupid. I can't wait to live vicariously through my son watching The Simpsons again yeah, for the okay. first time. That's going to be a few years, but yes. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I just think it's gonna, I'm going to make it a tradition to watch The Simpsons mm. Christmas specials on, on Christmas Eve and things like that. You know? I have made myself one promise that if I ever have a kid... It will grow up the most pretentious child in the world. Oh, I like, have no doubt. <laughs> there will not, not for a second, will my three-year-old kid be watching Dora the Explorer or Blue's Clues or whatever other mundane shit. <laughs> I walk happens. in, the little son's like, "Oh my, coming!" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's going to be all right. No. Um, I don't know what would I call my kid. Uh, Ron. Ron. Nah, that's pretentious, uh, isn't it? Slightly. No, Josiah. Okay, Josiah. Um, Josiah. You're three and a half. Time to watch Gone with the Wind. Rudiger. And let's, dis- let's discuss, you know, race relations then and now. <laughs> oh, our kids are not going to get along. No. <laughs> no. My kid wouldn't get along with anyone, but he'd be fine with that. <laughs> so they get home and you don't see Bart change the tape, but he has. Nice little reveal of Camp Granada. Yeah. Do you, have you heard the song? Yeah. People rave about it. It's like it's okay. It's a simple time. Yeah, it was a, it was a simpler time. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's fine. And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you notice that when Homer's listening to it, he nods his head? Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> great. So then we get the family eating eggnog. Mm. I've never eaten eggnog. Drunk eggnog, I should I've say. Had eggnog. I made that. Uh, in, I made non-alcoholic eggnog when what, I was younger. What is eggnog? What, um, what, is it? Is it a? Is it? Do you drink it? Do you? What is it? It's kind of like a custard. Okay. From my memory. Um, so you wouldn't it's, drink it's, it's almost it. like cusky. No, you drink it. It's a okay. warm a warm drink. Not as thick and not, thick as, not as thick okay. as custard. Um, and I drink custard, so that's a bit... Um, but it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, I guess if you went custard crossed with whiskey sour, somewhere in between those two things is what an eggnog is. Okay. Bart feels very safe. He feels like he's gotten away with it. He's been warned, but he just won't go back to try and save ever again. He's mm. going to get away with it. Bart, get your suit on. What for? We're getting our Christmas picture taken. Well, you looked out, Marge, my man, because I'm in a smiling mood today. <laughs> oh, good. So get ready, and before you know it, we'll be at the try and save. Try and save? <laughs> oh, 
my teapots are ready. Apparently they had a real tough time trying to get the animation right for the teapots going off. Yeah, okay. To get them in the right spot and still look realistic and look yep. like it could be coming out of his ears. Great gag, though. Yeah. What's the matter with your face? Is that a fake nose? Are you wearing chin putty? I don't have to listen to these wild allegations. So Marge just emphasising that she just wants one nice family photo. Yeah. Just once, because Bart always seems to ruin it somehow. I, I liked the... Like the reveal of all of the photos that have been ruined. I stink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember saying that. Yes. Uh, and I also feel like Bart with the fake nose and fake chin looks a little bit like Steve Martin. For some reason, that was the yeah, thought that does. popped into my head. It's this putty. There's actually a really great meme of the I stink, but it's got the owner of the Cracker Factory and it says, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall saying that. So they're on their way to the try and save and... Bart's packing his pants. Marge locks the doors. Then he envisions Brodka in the seat. Yeah. See yeah. the the, the, ca- the um the, cigarette. Yeah, the cigarette, like the old school car yeah, ashtray. That is old as school, the isn't belt. It? That was very cool. It reminded me of like my dad's old Kingswood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very cool. As they're on their way to the supermarket, as they're walking in, Homer is such a dad here. Uh oh, someone's got tired little legs. <laughs> <laughs> you never really see Homer act like that. No, it doesn't happen. Just very like a often real dad. dad. Yeah. You know, just treating him like a little baby, yep. puts him on his shoulders, and he's. What's he looking for? I can't remember. He's looking for something. He's, look, he's naming all the different departments. Yeah, I forget. I but they're going to have. Basically, the family's going to have a great day out at Try yeah. and Save, aren't they? They've got all their things planned. Yeah. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> right. Uh, another good example there. It's similar to the I'm just a big lame of Marge not understanding what bada bing bada boom memes yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, I really loved the Homer set up for the was it the nice watch is that what she wants I've always wanted a nice watch, watch. Like that, yeah. maybe someone will get it for you for Christmas <laughs> and she Ooh, now she'll be really surprised when she gets that ironing board cover <laughs> classic Homer like, that is just perfect Homer yeah. <laughs> and he's he doesn't see it as an issue no he, he thinks it's going to be a big surprise he's really proud of himself yeah. <laughs> he's going to love this thinks he's done the right thing that's what makes it even better uh, did you notice the photographer here was the same photographer from There Is No God? Yeah, I did notice that actually, yes. I heard in the commentary that they were going to give him more scenes and then they realised he just didn't need them. Yeah, okay. They were going to give him more of a character, but the, how good's the balloon gag? Hello. <laughs> oh. oh, that's not helium. This is it. Because when you do that, when you're trying to make your voice go funny with helium, you, you put do it, it on, naturally anyway. You put it on a bit as well, yeah, yeah to make to emphasise it. Could we do a helium episode? Not an episode, but we do, do a segment. Where do you get helium from? You just buy a helium balloon. No, I want a lot. I want enough that... Sounds like it would blow up the house, though. Figure out what'll... Is helium flammable? Uh, no, Surely not. Hydrogen... You, put your, you put it in your body. Hyd- <laughs> Hydrogen's flammable. Helium's yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. So, have we missed anything? So, Bart's basically just looking around, trying to hide from, from Don. Doesn't want to Pretty get much, caught. Pretty much, yeah. And he's telling the photographer to hurry up. Now, yeah. he, he named someone here. I didn't know who it was, so I looked it up. So, Ansel Adams. Mm-hmm. He's a famous photographer who used to take black and white landscape photography in okay. America. So that's gotcha. who that was. Yep. Those would be playing at home. It's, it's, it's funny too because Bart shouldn't know who that person is. Yeah, definitely not. It passed away in the mid 80s. Yeah. So yeah, shouldn't know who it is, but it's just good. Lisa would know who Ansel Adams Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get the balloon gag. And then one, two, three, boom, he got caught. It's a good reveal of like the bright white the of flash. the flash yep. and then you just see the hand dragging him away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Brodka does not fuck around. No. See, the thing is, Brodka sort of represents reality. He has no emotion. It's just you broke the law and now you must pay mm. the consequences. Yeah. He doesn't see, oh, poor kid, he couldn't afford it. Oh, they're having a Christmas photo. No, it's yeah. just, no, fuck you. I told you you weren't coming back and now you're here. Get the fuck here. I love that they still developed the photo. Yeah. <laughs> 
to how to print it out. Yeah. But uh, so then this is where we get the big reveal. This is where Marge finds out. And this was another great piece of animation of, I don't want you to see this in front of the television. All the TVs are the same thing. Yeah. That, that, do stores still do that? I, I swear they don't. I don't Playing know. the same thing on all the different TVs at once. Um, no, I don't think so. I think like they all sort of have their own little... Like I'm thinking of JB Hi-Fi. They'll have... A few things will be on the same TV. I feel like they have their own... Maybe Maya. Like, if there's a big sporting event on, it'll happen. You walk in and the cricket will be on all the grand final or something. That's true. Yeah, the cricket. Yeah, the cricket. Um, Brodka's best line for mine is in this scene as well, by the way. Like, you know, sure, you you might think he's just a boy stealing toys and harmless (laughs) things, but soon he'll be a man stealing stadiums and quarries. Quarries. (laughs) (laughs) Quarries. He's trying to think of something. He can't think of anything. (laughs) Delivered perfectly. Uh, so Marge is just absolutely gutted. Even Homer's, ooh, Bart's a thief. Mm. Homer can't believe it either. Coming back from commercial, Homer, the um, rant. This is your favourite moment. It is my favourite moment. I was going to say just quickly, yeah, though, yeah. the shame on Bart, very reminiscent yes. of the shame on Steve Smith's face at the press conference about the ball tampering. Yeah, for those of you playing at home who wondered, mm. at the start of last week, Mitch said, I'm going to talk about the cricket. Yes. And then what happened midweek? The wheels of justice moved much swifter than I thought <laughs> they would. And we recorded probably 10 minutes of my thoughts on what might or might not happen. And then the day after, everything happened. And I went, oh, that's all irrelevant now. And I quickly messaged Dan. I've gone, too late to remove that? Because <laughs> I was going to look like an idiot. So I just cut all of it out. And then people, people wanted to hear it. So I, what I did was I exported it as its own clip. I put okay. it up in the Patreon group just for the patrons yeah. who really want to listen to your thoughts. Okay. That were wrong. Well, they were. Well, You're basically they were and they weren't. Steve Smith... Was just taking the blame for something he didn't do. Well, that largely is what's happened. Like, he's been banned for 12 months, but then the more that's transpired about it has been that it was more a case of, what are you guys doing? I don't want to know. He wasn't in on the plan. He just didn't do anything to stop the fact that there was a plan, which I think does not warrant being blasted all over the back page with the label of cheat. I love that we were discussing it at work. The Herald Sun only pulls out the black border for terrorism. They pulled it out for this. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) But the thing is, the media were just all over Smith saying he needs to go, he needs to go. He cries at a press conference, feel sorry for, for Smith. Well, they should have felt sorry for him in the fucking first place. <laughs> anyway, let's not get into it because no. people don't care. Uh, where Some were people we? care. Yeah, but... yeah, I care. Yes. People in America. Man's been shafted. Yes. People in America, just replace Steve Smith with Tom Brady and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, Deflate Gate. Yeah. But he actually did it, didn't he? I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. Uh, do I. I just know it was Tom Brady and deflating balls or something. <laughs> so Homer does his rant. I'll just play it. Dealing! How could you? Haven't you learned anything from that guy who gives those sermons at church? Captain, what's his name? We live in a society of laws. Why do you think I took you to all those police academy movies? For fun? Well, I didn't hear anybody laughing. Did you? Except that that guy who made sound effects. Boom. Hug, hug. (laughs) Where was I? Oh yeah, stay out of my booze. It's just classic Homer. That that is classic Homer. And I love it whenever someone takes a pot shot at Police Academy. I've never seen them. I've seen Michael. What's his name? Michael Winslow. Winslow. Yeah, I've seen him live. And it was funny for the first twenty minutes, and it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, it's just the same sort of sound effects over and over again. It's just sort of, you know how Bart laughs at Don Brodka's joke? Yeah, that's how you're laughing. You're like, oh yeah, 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 okay. So then Marge is just utterly disappointed. She doesn't really react. She just says, yeah, okay, go to bed. Yeah. Marge then hangs up the photo on the wall, which we discussed earlier, where it tilts, tilts, 
uh, and Bart and Lisa are brushing their teeth and they, they mentioned this in the commentary as well and I agree there weren't enough scenes of Bart and Lisa in the bathroom in in, like in the kids bathroom just in general just being kids mm. just brushing their teeth having a discussion about mum and dad yeah yeah um, that could have been a, um, a real addition to the show yep yep yep, yep. So then she mentions how Marge's heart is... It's not something that's going to be, like, you know, wiped clean so easily like this bathroom sink. It absorbs everything like this bathroom rug. And as Bart's walking out, it's... You get, like, the squishy... Yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep. It's a great metaphor. Yes, and then Bart's laying in bed and he's still taking for granted. Here comes Mum with her tuck-in mm. and the acting here... Just nothing. Incredible. Oh, great. The tuck-in express is right on time. Good night. One word, but just even the way it's uh, animated, the way it's delivered, mm. amazing. And Bart's starting to realise here, okay, this isn't good. I don't like this at all. Homer then going through in bed, he's wearing his reading glasses. It's always good when Homer's wearing his yeah. reading glasses. He's going through his punishments. Can you remember what they were? Uh, yeah, okay. So it was... First of all... Grounded. Yes. Not leaving the house, not for school or anything. Yes. Second... Oh, what was the second one? I've gone blank because the third one's so funny. No nog. No eggnog. No nog, no nog period. Of any, no nog, period. <laughs> and third, absolutely no stealing for three months. <laughs> oh, for a month, I think, isn't it? Uh, three, months. three. Oh, three months. <laughs> Marge is just confused, though. She's got the Bart aged four. Like, it's, it's a nice little thing to think that she's actually gone into like a memories box and pulled mm. it out, and she's just pondering, what have I, what's happened here? Where have yeah. I lost him? And she, cause she, can't, she starts blaming herself. Homer's saying, don't blame yourself. The family then don't wake up Bart the next morning. So Bart wakes up and... He says, well, why don't you wake me up? Oh, you're, you're too old for this now. Yeah. I, just, I didn't think you'd want to do it. And she's starting to treat him like an older kid. <laughs> but you see how much of the fact that he's not ready for that in that yeah. he can't even put a marshmallow into hot chocolate. Give me without, a slice. Without screwing it up. <laughs> but it's a case of this is butter that age, like we said, where he wants to be treated older. Mm. But when things when he actually starts getting treated like an older kid, he doesn't like it. It's like you like the idea of being a teenager and being older. But really, you just want to still be a kid. Yeah. When you were 10, what were you like? Were you mature for your age when you were 10? I always was because I was a... Um, for a long time, I was an only kid. So, I, yeah, I spent guess. a lot of time in my younger years hanging out with adults because they were the only people in the house. See, I'm a real traditionalist. So, even we still do the Easter egg hunt at my nan's place every year that we used to do when yeah, we were okay. kids. Where if we stopped doing that, it would it would bother me. I, look, I still have that childish nature in me. I did an Easter egg hunt with Ash. Like, I yeah, got yeah. up early while she was still asleep and hid eggs all over the house, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I Do you love... have any traditions in your family uh, at all? No. We're not... Like, that is one thing that we really don't and never yeah, have that's had. that's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Wednesday nights used to be fish and chip, sh- chip night. Yep. And then that changed to Thursdays, and then Fridays. Thursday was takeaway night for us. And then back to Wednesdays. And then by the time it moved for the fourth time, I was like... Really, it's just whenever you can't be bothered cooking. Do you? Do you? Is this you and Ash or just family? No, this is my, when I was younger. This is well, my family. Do you and Ash have a like a night that's a particular meal? We're, Not really. It's Sunday nights risotto night here. Okay, gotcha. You don't. You guys don't have anything? No. Nah. Okay. You should. It's fun. You, pick a pick a meal. No, that you, I I like the room for magic. <laughs> <laughs> anything could happen. But see, this is the thing though, because if you have it all the time, and all of a sudden Ash surprises you with something different on the Sunday that's really good, you're like, oh, normally it's risotto night, but this is awesome. If Ash surprised me... I know it sounds silly. ...with dinner. <laughs> I know it sounds silly. Has she ever cooked? Can oh, she cook? Yeah. Oh, the, 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 it doesn't matter if she can't cook, but can she cook? She is capable of cooking. She does so not... saying she chooses not to. Ash views cooking as a chore. I view cooking as an opportunity to... You're like Enzo. Create. Bam! bam. <laughs> I, I want to make magic. Is it Alzar? Is that the Whereas guy Whereas Ash just wants it to be done. So... 
tin of baked beans in the in the pan. Oh, if, what, if you're lucky, what, what, if you're she, lucky to have them heated up, <laughs> if it's a special occasion. Has she cooked you a meal before? Yeah, she has. So, um, what's her specialty then? Um, if she has one, uh, look, probably a burrito out of the packet mix would be the best thing that Ash does. That's okay. Oh, look, that delicious burritos. Sunday night should be Ash making burritos night then. No, because I don't like the fact that every Sunday is burritos. <laughs> what if I wake up Sunday morning and I think, fuck burritos, I want a salad or a burger or a pomegranate. Like, it's just the sky's the limit, yes. Dando. I don't want to r- lock myself in. Stop ruining my Sundays, Dando. <laughs> so, th- what else happens? So, Bart's just realized that things aren't going the way. He- he's-, he's really hurt his mother here. And he's never-, he's never actually hurt her to this point where she's just ashamed of him, mm. you could say, I guess. He then goes to visit Millhouse, and it's a really raw moment here where he says, "You ever wonder when, if your mum, if she ever stops loving you?" Yeah, you really feel sorry for him here because he knows he's done wrong, but he doesn't really know how to fix it. No, and Millhouse is the worst person possible to be talking yeah, yeah. to about this. Yeah, because he just doesn't care at all. He's got his ball and cup. Yeah, which now Bart wants. Yes, yeah, because because that's what Millhouse wants. So, like I said earlier, the the whole episode's about stealing that game, and now he's just throwing it away. Yeah. It's just it's pointless. This whole thing could have been resolved if you just waited a week. It never would have happened. Yeah, Millhouse. Does a dick move, mum yeah. butt smoking. Yeah. Then he asks Luann if he can hang out with her just to sort of get that I, loving mother feeling. Yeah. Yes. And I love the way she takes that on. The eyes. Like, yeah. She's like, oh my god, I get to have a little boy. <laughs> the tell me I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they spent ages thinking of the people's names. You know how Bart says, "Who are these people?" The guy that used to tune our piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They spent ages trying to think of the name for the people. So he then leaves Luann. And he overhears, he's on his, way home, on his way home and he overhears the family and, mm. oh, it's mum, she's happy again. Yeah. Sees that they're making a snowman family. I love yep. Homer's design. Homer's just chiseled. A living snow mirror. <laughs> and he says, well, what, this is the kind of thing that I would be disappointed with because I love being involved with family things mm. like this. Why, why didn't you wait for me? I thought you'd be too old for it. Still, and she, but she's still being nice. She's being polite. She's not angry at him. She's just, well, there's snow under the car if you want to get involved. And he does it and it's just a shitty snowman, isn't it? It's more like a troll. Yeah, like it twigs and <laughs> it it um what does it look like? You know that really weird fish that googly eye fish? Uh, pu- nah, uh, what, puffer fish? No, nah, not a puffer fish. It's like this glob thing that pops up in memes every now and then. I'll try to find it. Um, there he is. Oh, that thing! It does look yeah. like that. You're yeah. right. Wow, ugly blobfish. If anyone wants to find it, <laughs> that looks just like it. Yeah, there's one wearing a hat. <laughs> That's a real thing. I think the hat's been photoshopped. No, but is that a real fish? Yeah, it's a real fish. Wow. Blobfish. He sees the family all watching TV, just being a family, and just, he doesn't feel involved anymore. feels like he's not part of the family. He's the black sheep, basically. Mm. He goes for a walk, and he sees Nelson, who is still stealing things. He, and the thing is that Nelson's stealing aren't even that good. He's just stealing because he can get away with it. Like, what, he steal a wheelbarrow tire or something? Uh, Yeah, just a, spiel, a spare wheel. Wheel from a wheelbarrow? For a wheelbarrow. And then Bart says, well... Everyone thinks I'm the black sheep. Well, I'll show him what a black sheep can do. You don't know what he's done. He's just walking to try and save. You, you're supposed to think he's going in to steal something. He gets home. He's hiding something in his jacket. And Marge, she just doesn't. She's lost all faith. She doesn't trust him at all. What do you got in your jacket? It's nothing. It's nothing. You guys have run off. There you are. You can help me spray the cookies. Are you hiding something? What do you have under your jacket? Nothing. Oh, Bart, not again. Give it to me. I told you, I don't have anything. You can't hide from me in this house, Bart. I spend 23 hours a day here. (laughs) Get him, Ma. There's no place left to run, Bart. Hand it over. Oh, Bart. I can't believe you did this. 
I wanted to surprise you for Christmas. Oh, sweetie, this is the best present a mother could get. I love you so much, my little bitty Barty. Mom. Since I got my present early, I think you should get yours early, too. Bart got a present early? Then I should get a present early. I want a present! Lisa, you have to wait. Uh, this is the worst Christmas ever. Now, I know you love video games, and I asked the clerk which is the one every boy wants. <gasps> you got me! Oh, oh yeah! <sighs> Thanks, Mom. I'm not quite sure there's many endings in The Simpsons that have more emotional impact. As Lee that. Carvello's putting challenge. Yes, you know. <laughs> I think Lisa the Vegetarian has a very nice ending because Homer's a veggie back ride. Mm. But I think this one trumps it. The combination of what Bart done to win Marge back, doing something thoughtful, hiding the fact that he's disappointed with the game. It's just, it's. I think this is just such a real moment. And yeah. I think I, I think this is just this is the perfect Simpsons ending. Yes, I uh, I, I couldn't agree more. It, it really is a great ending. And then uh, the sting of actually seeing Lee Carvello, Lee Carvello's party uh, challenge. But the, Lisa being jealous too that Bart gets over yeah, the present. Yeah, that's good as well. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. the worst Christmas ever. Yes. <laughs> but the I'm Lee Carvello. Should we end the episode with that? Uh, yes. Instead of the outro music. Yes. <laughs> okay. What do we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Not to select power drive yes. when you're on the green. I just learned, and this is a, like a soppy one, but don't take, like not just your mother, just don't take your loved ones for granted, basically. Mm. Because you never know when they're not going to be there. And what you might think is soppy and stupid now, when you're not getting it anymore, you'll miss it. Javail! Javail is here! Ooh! Mailbag time. Uh, We've been going for a long time. We have. So I'll make it a relatively short mailbag okay. because I'm getting... Messages from my good lady wife who has just returned home from netball training and is crying out for Epsom salts. So <laughs> while you write back to her, I'll read out the patrons for this month. Oh, please do. Supported this month. Okay, we've got this month $5 plus patrons who have joined up. Scott Varnum, Lydia Burnsmeyer, Rollo, George Wassum, David Winterson, Trent Bosley, Jessica Frazier, Harley, Peter McDowell, Lee Cutler, Alex Hickling, Dan DeWolf, Rob Cochran, Dylan Aldridge, and Josh Barnstable. Thank you so much for your support, guys. It's what keeps the show going. Now, if you are a $5 or $8 patron and your name hasn't been read out in the show, firstly, we apologize. We don't mean to miss you. We appreciate each and every one of you. But if your name hasn't been read out, if we have missed you for some unknown reason, just drop us a message on Patreon and we'll make sure your name gets read out on the next show. Thank you all. You are all awesome. Now, Mitch, what do you got for us from the mailbag? Uh, let's, uh, Alexander Hickling, hi, gents, just became a Patreon subscriber. Thank Super you. keen to get onto the Facebook page and join in the discussion. Uh, thank you very much, Alex. I really appreciate that. Please, for the love of God, if you haven't done it and you do want to get involved in the uh, Facebook page, if you're already a patron and you haven't joined, and there would be a few of you, I think, still. Um, we have 40 requests, but they haven't written the password. Yeah. It, I mean, if you're requesting it, password. It's on. I put a new post up on the Patreon feed yesterday. Just yeah. go there. It'd, it'd be the top one. Yeah. So I'm going to decline any requests that don't have it, but you can then go and resubmit a request. It's yes. not like you're blocked or anything like that, but you need the password to get in. Otherwise, it would, makes not, it, fair. it would not be fair to the paying. $2 plus patrons get access. And it's great because we engage with our listeners every single day on there, don't we? Uh, most days. Um, well, I do every day. <laughs> I, th- I think I do more you, often you do, than yeah, not. You do, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm better on that than I am on Twitter. You've given up on Twitter. You haven't posted for like two weeks. <sighs> yeah. I ran out of ideas. Can I officially take over Twitter? Go for your life. Okay. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Alexander uh, enjoys it when we go off on completely different topics. It reminds me of an early... Reminds him of an early Ross Noble. Um, now, oh, he... Specific. He, <laughs> he wanted to say that he couldn't remember which podcast it was, but we were talking about Simpsons quotes using in everyday life. Firstly, during university, he was averaging roughly one quote per day. For the most part, it was uh, different quotes daily. Now, mostly it's variations of Mr. Burns' yes. Yeah. And the yes Nicholas man says that all the time with now. his... Yes! So, both of those two. Um, I, I mean, they're easy ones to... That guy doesn't get enough credit, the yes man. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's only in it once, isn't he? Twice. No, 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 no. He's in it a lot. He's in it a few times. He's sort okay. of a, a, a gill. He came in later on. Yeah. Oh, okay. But early. He didn't come in until season nine. Was the revolving think? restaurant? Was, yeah. Season nine-ish, wasn't it? Was that season nine? Was, I thought it was earlier. But I was, my... was guess who's come to criticise dinner, I think. Went home as a food critic. Was okay. it that one? I thought... I th- Look, I could be wrong. I just thought he had an earlier appearance. Okay, yeah. He might have. And the other one that he'll go to if he's trying to persuade someone to do something, I can be very persuasive. Come on, I'll be your friend. Um, but thank you very much. Primarily, Alex, I've read that out because you're a patron. So was there a question there? <laughs> no, no question. No question, just a few quotes. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I've actually got a really good Simpsons in real life story, by the way, that I'm going to throw in. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we do have some questions in this email. This one came in, of all people, Dando, from Jordan Lewis. Didn't know he's a fan. Me either, but I was super excited. <laughs> now, this Jordan Lewis would have no idea why that joke is funny because this Jordan Lewis, I believe, is from Canada. Um, but uh, oh no, sorry, Salt Lake City, Utah. My apologies, I was mixing you up with someone else. But uh, Jordan Lewis, name of a four-time Hawthorne Premiership star, and I was my heart skipped a beat just a little bit when I saw <laughs> his name because it's spelled the exact same way. It's like the cats played a trick on me this week. I got a text message from Gary Ablett. Oh, okay. And like, because they they send messages to their yeah. members, it came up Gary Abbott. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, relax. I was, I was gonna relax, say, Brendan, relax. Was there a moment where you went, I didn't even know I had to yeah. number? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So Jordan's been listening for about nine to ten months. Uh, he's from Murray, Utah, a suburb of Salt Lake. Has watched The Simpsons for his whole life. He's currently twenty-seven years old, so similar age to us. Two questions for us. One. Well, two we've answered a couple times. So, one, he's a devout member of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, so he's Mormon, and loves the few jokes that the Simpsons make about his state and his faith. So, Kang and Kodos ring the bell and Homer opens the door to say, ugh, Mormons. Or later in the series, Bart and his girlfriend go to Utah to get married and the preacher asks how many wives will be married, uh, like, will he be married to today? Yeah. Bart replies, just one. The preacher scoffs, what are you, gay? Um, so... He wants to know what is our favourite jab or joke towards religion from The Simpsons. <laughs> it was the Home and the Heretic. I had the best day of my life and I owed it all to skipping church. Yeah. Uh, or the, we're making changes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan. Um, the radio show Gabbin About God. Um, yeah. Just the moment of, I can't remember the word for word with the question, but it's along the lines of... Um, uh, like, you know, have you ever thought that maybe that there isn't a God, that there's some other... No, no, absolutely not. It's like the only thing that they all agree on. I also, Hardcore. I also love the, what would I have to gain? Why would they lie? I don't hear a scrubbing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one that I was going to uh, throw in for was, Marge, have you ever sat down and read this thing? Technically, we're not even allowed to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's always been a recurring constant throughout the show, though, right? that they always make fun of religion, but never in a nasty way. Which it's I usually the Reverend really is doing enjoyed. it. <laughs> yeah. 
His second question was about, um, you know, what's something that we'd learned from The Simpsons that we didn't know about beforehand. Now, so we've answered it a few times, but his example was that he didn't realize that Cape Fear was actually about a movie with Robert De Niro. He thought the episode was just the episode. And then some years later discovered the movie and it was like, oh my God. I didn't know Ansel Adams was a photographer. Well, there you go. That's a good one. <laughs> um, oh, he also wanted to know, uh, is there any episode where we talk about how the podcast started and how we met? Well, a few times, I think. We have done a few times, but I wouldn't be able to tell you when. Um, I will tell you, if you check out... What was the podcast that we did the guest on? Coming up next podcast was... Uh, there is an interview with us on that where we discuss that in much Everything more detail. Into, yeah, yeah. And the dude that runs Coming Up Next is a great guy. So, um, I mean, this is going back a couple of years now. I haven't listened to the interview for a long time. But rather than hear us tell the story again, go give his podcast a little uh, listen and a follow. We're going on three years now. That's pretty pretty impressive. It doesn't feel like it's been three years, I feel like. Um, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Mm. Sometimes it's like a blink and like, wow. And sometimes it's a, shit, I've yeah. been doing this three fucking years. Yeah. It's been worth it, though. If I went to the golf, they would have sent me home by now. <laughs> we um we only met two weeks before we started the show, I reckon. Maybe even less. Oh, slightly more than that. You reckon? Yeah, because there, well, there was one time that we met and then we didn't see each other again for a couple of months and then we met a second oh, time. Oh, really? Okay. You guys came around to our place um, the very first time I made risotto. That wasn't the first time we met, though. I think it was. Actually, really? I'm 100% sure it was. Yeah. I made risotto because I wanted to make a good impression. Um yeah. I remember. I, I remember the risotto. Yeah. yeah. Well, as you would. <laughs> as well you should. It was a great risotto. Um, I'm going to end the mailbag with a Simpsons in real life story from my own life that okay. came out this week. Now, I can't name the person, but uh, this appeared on my Facebook news feed. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not like a deliberate Simpsons in real life, but it's a plot that easily could have come from the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. And it was too so good. it's not actually something that's happened from the Simpsons before. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. But it feels like either Bart yeah, or yeah. Homer, this could happen to. Yep. Now, they've started by saying, this is the story. Oh, sorry. This is the... Yeah, this is the story. Of and a girl. So, I instantly go, yeah, either this is a story about of a girl or, now this is a story up about... <laughs> anyway, this is a story about uh, an anonymous teenage son. I can't believe you've got this story of the girl stuck in my head now. Who's that? She cried river and drowned the whole world. Third Eye Blind? Third Eye Blind, yeah. yeah. And while she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her. When she smiles. Continue. The 90s was such a good and terrible time for music. <laughs> this is the story about an anonymous teenage son who went to the movies with three friends last night. He visited the men's room at about 8.50 during the opening credits and went back into the movie. Couldn't find his friends in the dark, so he took a random seat near the front. Okay. Later in the evening, his mother received a frantic phone call at 11 from his friends explaining that the teen had visited the men's room earlier, however, had never come back. <laughs> His friends had gone looking for him. However, the teen had simply disappeared. His mum turned up and collected the worried friends who proceeded to call, message, door knock everyone they knew. They flagged down random police to ask for help. They scoured parklands, creeks, bushes, baseball stadiums. Did they walk out together though? All to no avail. No, they couldn't find him. So the movie ended, finishes. They couldn't find him anywhere. But when the movie ended, wouldn't we'll, he... we'll get there. Okay. We'll okay. get there. Okay. Don't ask questions, questions I'll stop, before. I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. So, they've looked everywhere. The mother, beside herself with worry, takes the three friends back to her place in case the teen turns up at home and then continues to drive around the streets through all hours. She then receives a phone call at about 12.30 a.m., so 12.30 midnight, from the teen, her son, who it turns out had fallen asleep in the wrong cinema. Really? So, he's gone to the toilets in the opening credits. He's wandered back into the wrong cinema, can't find his friends, went, I'll just grab a seat down here, I suppose. 
hasn't twigged that he's watching the wrong movie, drifts off to sleep. That's obviously a longer runtime than the other one because it doesn't end until a bit after midnight. And then he wakes up. He's like, oh, shit, where is everybody? Jesus. So they've been looking for him for an hour and a half while he's napping in the cinema. <laughs> that could be an episode. Is that something Homer would do, though? Um, Homer- it, is, it is something Homer would do, not Bart. Yeah. I think Homer. Yeah, Homer or no, Bar could do it if he was under medication or something like that. Yeah, I think. But I think just being the characters themselves. Yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, the journey. Yeah, trying to find him. It'd be like it'd be lost in another town or something like that. Yeah, like, oh, let's let's write the script. Yeah, sure. It'd be to no <laughs> avail. They don't read freelance, freelance scripts anymore. <laughs> we could email it to Mike. I think it's in their contract that they're not allowed to. <laughs> I don't think he actually works on the show. Anymore, Otherwise, though. they get sued. What we do is we email it to Mike. And then we say, Mike, you can ha- take full credit for this. I can pitch Mike some of my sitcom ideas. Yes. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun. Imagine that. He just makes the pilot. Yeah. This could be the turning point. Yeah. <laughs> so long, podcast. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks for listening to our review of Marge. Be not proud. A fantastic episode that I'm sure you've all watched time and time again. Mitch, what do you got for the listeners? What final words have we got before we get into Lee Carvello's putting challenge? Um, maybe I can just do like sort of my best commentary into the putting challenge before the so it's um. Tiger Woods here, coming up onto the uh, 18th green. It is 5.55 p.m. at Augusta. Tiger's played a pretty good round. He is uh, four under. And uh, we've got uh, Jim Bones McCoy on the field. He's going to get a microphone up there. And let's have a little listen to uh, Tiger and his caddy, Lee Carvello. Welcome to Lee Carvello's putting challenge. I am Carvello. Now choose a club. You have chosen a three wood. May I suggest a putter? Three wood. Now enter the force of your swing. I suggest feathered touch. You have entered power drive. Now push seven, eight, seven to swing. Ball is in. Parking lot. Would you like to play again? You have selected no. Next week on Four Finger Discount. Who knocked down the pins? I don't know. You know, some guy. uh, Otto, I guess. Good for him. Yes, but March, you're you're missing the point. The individual doesn't matter. It was a team effort, and I was the one who came up with the whole team idea. Me!